Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Prepared here to um, involve ourselves in powerful ministry in the next uh, 10 days. We will be in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, we will be there conducting a marriage seminar. Um, it'll be my wife and I. They've invited us. There's uh, about 12 or 13 churches that are being uh, that are involved in in this marriage conference. Uh, we're we're super excited about the opportunity to be invited into Boston uh, to share. We're going to be sharing Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. So it'll be three days. Uh, in those three days, we'll probably uh, share, we, we, we have, um, I guess it's Friday night, Saturday from 9 to 12, so there'll probably be two or three sessions there, and then Sunday, we are invited to preach the morning uh, session, uh, 9 o'clock, and then 11 o'clock, and then Sunday night um, at a Brazilian church in Boston, so uh, we, we really want to impact the nation in that regards, and then we fly out on Monday morning, uh, we will fly to London and from London, after 10 hours, from Boston to London is 10 hours. From London to South Africa is another 10 hours. So we'll be in the air for 20 hours. Um, and we're going to be in South Africa for um, a men and women's conference um, in Johannesburg. Uh, again, I'm, I, I told the Lord every time I travel that far, I, I don't have 20 hours of my time to waste. I want to impact that, that nation. I want to be able to deliver something that is going to... Uh, be the seeds of a great harvest uh, in the years to come. Uh, it'll be our first time in Africa. Um, I, was, I was just meditating on these two trips on Boston and Africa. Boston being the, the, uh, the what could be called the, the seed of witchcraft in this. You guys remember the Salem, Salem Massachusetts. Uh, Boston is the, I mean, Massachusetts is the only state that has an official witch that's appointed to the government cabinet along with the governor. They actually appoint a witch. And uh, so there's a big stronghold there. And then the, the continent of Africa is also witchcraft ridden. So those two um, places back to back are going to be very exciting. And, uh, and we're looking forward to what God has for us. So keep us in your prayers. And at the same time, um, be faithful to God. You know, a lot of people have the attitude, well, pastor's not going to be there, uh, so we're just going to stay home and rest. Have a different mindset. Uh, have the mindset for excellence. Um, they say when the cat's away, the mice will play. I, I hope you have attitudes greater than a mouse. Don't be a rat. Uh, be faithful. Be a man and a woman of God to the Lord, to the house, to service. Amen. And um, one of the things that has always been really powerful for Yvette and I um, in our youth group, uh, we taught people to be passionate about Jesus Christ and not about their pastor. So as youth pastors, I recall, you know, we had 150 young people coming out on Saturdays for five years. When we would miss, they, they, they kept on going as passionate as when we were there. And it would freak a lot of people out because people would come and visit when we were out of our youth group and they would say, I can't believe that these people, even when you're not here, are 110% with serving God. And so we want to have that same impact. Uh, and it's horrible 
to see uh, people having other motivations to come and worship the Lord. Um, but keep us in your prayers during this time also. Uh, as you're faithful to the Lord, and every time, one of the things that has happened supernaturally in this house also, every time we have left to go serve God somewhere, uh, there's been a special outpouring of God's goodness in this house. Like, almost like, okay, you're being faithful where I called you to be. I'm going to, um, there's going to be provision in the house. I'm not going to leave it without provision. So I know that there are going to be powerful meetings you'll be having uh, during the next couple of days. Uh, we leave on Friday night, and we will be back uh, in two, not the following Tuesday, but the Tuesday on top of that. So we'll be out for two Sundays. But you guys keep us in your prayers, and we'll be, uh, we'll try and get you some information of what's going on. Uh, see if we could Skype something in uh, and, and say hello while we're gone. Let's go ahead and pray for the Word of God this morning. We thank the God for uh, Calvin Duncan's visit last week, and he's left a, a very powerful word and a foundation for perseverance and going forward. Um, and today I just want to uh, meditate a little bit about the times we're living in and, and how easy it becomes for us to, um, um, instead of grow more passionate, almost like if we don't understand the times we're living in, uh, our light begins to dwindle and we, get, we begin to fade and get discouraged. Father, I give you thanks this morning. For your presence in our lives, I give you thanks for your church, a vibrant place where your fire never goes out and we are rekindled and revived in our relationship with you as we come together with those who know you, who have been purchased by the blood of Jesus, who understand what it is to be redeemed and washed, cleansed, removed, separated unto you for your work. We pray that this day you continue to give this house the provisions that we need to nourish our hearts and our spirits, that we might be strong in our walk, that we might be as those men of old that were faithful to you, men who were able to stand on your word and be faithful in your instruction. We pray, Father God, that we would have a refreshed heart a renewed heart in our walk with you and in our service and worship to you. And pray, Father God, that our thoughts would be renewed and our, we would not be conformed, we would not to take the form of this world, Father, but that we might be totally transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that as we receive your word, we are revived and strengthened to charge forward in our call and to finish strong the race that's set before us. We pray that you fill us with your grace, that it might abound strongly towards us and that your spirit might fill us with the joy and the peace of knowing that our redemption is closer, redemption is closer now than when we first believe. We give you thanks for vision renewed, hearts revived, and that you bring back the memory of the things you've instructed us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Sometimes we need a refreshing as to the time and place that we travel in just to know where we're at. And I want to start in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, where 
It's the word of God that places us in the place we should be. The word of God is the thing that should uh, quicken our hearts to live the life that God desires and has separated for us. And it says, so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to hear, to heed, to listen to, because as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns, until the morning arises, the morning star arises in your hearts. Um, this, every time we, we contemplate and look into the word and refresh ourselves with the word, it's like a light that shines in a dark place. Um, there's very few people that read the Bible. Very few. Um, some consider it... Uh, not applicable. Many times people say um, it's not with the times. It's it's that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't address what I need for today. But that that is a very uh, big deception for a lot of people. For um, as we keep the Bible hidden and away, and we're not reading it, we become uh, discontent and sad and discouraged. But when we start reading the Bible, it begins to shine in the midst of darkness and begins to place us in the place we should be. Uh, this is ours. This is our flashlight in the days that we live. The prophetic word, which is a strong foundation. It's, it's immovable. As you read the newspapers, as you read, uh, as you watch television and the news, you see everything is moving. Everything is wicked. Um, this week, they, they just announced a, a sister who stabbed her brother to death and, and things unheard of. Two little friends that, that killed their best friend, took her. And, and, and so you're seeing and hearing things that are really twisted and dark. But when we go into the Bible and we understand the times, uh, it begins to shine. And we know for a fact that as it shines... Um, the sun, the morning is about to really uh, show forth the reality of what God has said the whole time. I, I just, I, I don't understand how it's so difficult for some people to, to judge the climate and reality through what God has said because everything he has ever said has come true. Second Thessalonians 2.3 said that, um, that the atmosphere of our day will be deception. And so there Paul writes, let no one deceive you by any means for the day of the Lord will not come unless the falling away comes first. Um, he had talked about a time where people would, would really just lose their way in life. And you can't fall away until you first are in the way. Somebody who's never in the way can't fall away. So it's talking about those people that know God, those people that were part of church, those people that were Christians. He says that it will be very deceptive times uh, because many, uh, the, the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, talking about the Antichrist, the man who's going to usher Satan's uh, realm into the world. He says, and, and the son of perdition, this guy who's destined to be lost. Um, let, let's read um, 
this diluted, I'm going to read it in, in the application. It says, in the Amplified Bible, it says, let no one deceive or beguile you any way, for the day will come, will not come and except the apostasy comes first. Unless predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come. A great number of those that said they were Christian one day are no longer holding on to that prophetic word that shines in the midst of darkness. And so once these men and women fall away, once they begin to compromise truth, uh, this week the Boy Scouts have decided that they would uh, allow uh, older young men, openly gay men, to join the ranks of their file where um, that was unheard of. And, and so um, just like any other situation, um, they, they started voting in laws that you can, you can, uh, you can smoke marijuana. They, they legalize drugs. So you start seeing the legalization of things that God has said that are not, uh, not conducive to building up a nation. And what's happening in our time is that you have a clear word of God that says something about these issues and then people have their own opinion. Here's what God has said and then people are saying, I don't care what God says, this is what I say. And so we've lost the parameters of the measures of right and wrong, of good and bad, of, uh, I want to say, the opposite of instruction is destruction. What, what happened in Oklahoma this last week with these tornadoes is destruction. And so I can't conceive in my brain that anybody wants to walk in the direction of destruction. Usually people would take refuge in a strong tower in a place of protection, in a place of safety. So a lot of the people that are walking towards destruction, it's sad. Uh, why? Because they have people following them. Look to your side, there's your little brother. Look to your other side, there's your daughter. Look to your other side, you're, you're, the legacy you're leaving for many generations. So when these people fall away, and that's, I want to, I want to clarify that that's one of the my, my heart's indignation when I, I get very angry not to see somebody lose their life because I think everybody gets to choose what you do with your life but you have no right to falsely lead those that are following you. You have no right to mess up. Uh, we have testimonies in here with the Gill family uh, that in one night mom, dad, and older brother erased from the planet, taken out so that they not serve as a stumbling block to Mel and to George and to Stephanie and to Haley and George Jr., Chavelin. We have no right to sit there and say, I'm going to do my full expression and then those that are behind me suffer the loss. And God will remove anything that will lead people to destruction. And, and, and so the same thing I was telling Maggie with Jose Red, the Lord's not going to allow Jose Red. Uh, to, to sit there and have so many young people that saw his life and then see him going over the cliff and, and leading others astray. God will not stand like that. Uh, some people don't understand God like this. They don't understand the, the zeal of God for, for our lives to be taken serious. Now, while God wants us to take us to the full 
level of seriousness, the devil is watering down everything. Oh, it's not so bad. Oh, you just don't know. It's, it don't matter. And he's watering down the lines. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Um, one of the, the first words of Satan to man is there in uh, Genesis chapter 3. And in verse 1 it says, he was more subtle. That means he does it undercover. So he was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, these are his first words, ready? It cannot be that God has said. Okay. He, he puts cynicism. He's cynical. Ah, oh, the pastor's just being a pastor. The, the pastor, you know, he's, no. He says, and he said to the woman, has God indeed said, like, how dare he say those things? There's a devil's, uh, whenever you hear that voice in your life that waters down something that the pastor is telling you, something that you hear from the pulpit, this is a holy pulpit, this is a holy place in church. Don't, don't water it down, don't dilute it. Keep, keep tabs with that aspect. So he says, can it really be that God has says you shall not eat from the tree of the garden? Can it be? And I, I want to suggest that we're living in a pervasive, viral culture of cynicism. As I was talking to a young girl this week who came to my office, she goes, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to believe. I don't trust anybody. And, and that's awful. That is awful because it overlaps into not even trusting when God speaks. Not even adhering when the Lord is trying to bring our attention to something. And so all throughout the Bible, the men that knew God well and that walked with him understood that they're not to play with these lines of, and parameters of God. We have the word of God that's like a lamp that shines. We have a great falling away for the Antichrist to come and to be revealed is going to get worse. We have Satan already infecting the atmosphere with cynicism. We don't know who's being real. Um, and then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, so in the midst, this is Peter, and he's saying the same thing I'm saying this morning. Be sober. Be alert. Don't be influenced. Sober is undue influence. When, when you're sober, you're not drunk. And he says, be vigilant. Be watchful. Because there is someone out there that walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So there's an onslaught of things that are being stripped from us. God has given us all things to enjoy, and the devil is stripping us hard. Um, he's very crafty in watering down our instruction for worship, our, our instruction for serving God our instruction for priorities, our instruction for not leaving uh, his directives. And, and I, I pray this morning, even as we share this, that you begin to call to memory. That's why it says world-changing memories. What has God spoken to you? What has God spoken to you? And see, God is not a wavering God. He's not changing his mind every second. He's a consistent God. 
And so Ephesians 2, verse 2, it says, in which one time we lived infected by the viral uh, ways, the course of this world. We were all messed up according to the prince of power. We allowed his cynicism, his cynical ways to question everything. And this spirit is now working in the sons of disobedience. There's, there's an infection in those that have not been able to know what God wants, when God wants it, how God wants it, to pre- present ourselves to God in a manner that's pleasing to him. And so you'll have people saying all sorts of things and describing, you know, the, the infectious ways of Satan is to put doubt in everything we do. Well, it's not really like that. Well, it's not really like that. It's, it's like, you know, it's not always. It's a, and, and so we're playing. Well, what is it? And why aren't we holding fast to it? And why haven't we grabbed a hold of a stern, solid, you know, to pass down to our children? Even, even when we pass down to our children, any instruction, we say, hey, you know something? This is for your prosperity, for your protection, for your own good. They're like, hmm, I don't believe you. I'm going to test the waters. I'm going to get demon possessed first. I'm going to make sure that the, the, the devil's in my life before I'm watchful and careful and, and I press in. Um, so he says that we once walked according to the course of this world. That was the power of the prince of air. And this whole viral stuff, you, you can say with me, I, I want you to say it, um, because this is what, what this genera- generation is saying. It's a different culture. It's just a different time. Uh, when, when I first got saved, I was 16 years old. And the first principle of God's word that, he, that the Lord told me is to obey my parents. And, and I said, this is 1980. Magic Johnson is doing the moonwalk. What do you mean listen to parents? That's, that's old. And so you see how the culture begins to influence our hearts to not be founded in the principles of God's truth that thank God. Listen to me. I've been doing this now for 29 years. Thank God I obeyed my parents. Thank God at 16 I reconnected to the word of God that was a lamp unto my feet that gave me purpose and a plan in life. And so what is this spirit of, dis, uh, the spirit that's at work in the sons of disobedience? Ephesians 2 verse 3. He says, yeah, that same spirit that once you lived in, among whom we all Paul is including himself, once conducted ourselves, that was, that was the driver, the conductor, in the lust of our flesh, the desires of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, of the mind, and by nature, it was natural that we would be children of, of wrath, just as the rest, just as others. They were serving me, myself, and I, what I want to do, where I want to go, what I feel. Well, let me ask you something. What does God want? What does God feel? What has God said? 
Because anything else is just displacing your protection. And, and it says because they are walking in that viral, satanic mindset of challenging, of leaving, of disobeying, of, of looking at everything with a double motive. All that is a consequence is the children of wrath, the judgment of God. And so I want to challenge you with this, even as I will be leaving for uh, the next couple of weeks. And all I can say is this, that the men and women who were delivered from the coming judgment and consequences of devilish strategy and design were men and women that took serious the instruction of God, that, that put in place exactly what God told them to do. And so the likes of Noah... Uh, the Bible says in those days Noah took specifically to do what God had instructed in Genesis 7-7. The consequences of listening to God. Noah with his sons, his wife, and his son's wives went into the ark uh, because of the waters. Uh, one translation says escaping the waters of the flood that would come. He specifically did what God required of him to the T and received incredible salvation, redemption, protection according to the plan of God. But Matthew 24, 38 talks about the other people. What happened to the rest of the people? And he says, for in, as in the days before the flood, they were eating whatever they wanted. They drunk whatever they wanted. They married, they broke their marriages, and they did whatever they wanted while Noah was getting into the ark. Uh, again, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you see what I see, but I see the difference between those that take their instruction serious and move in the fear of God to the building of an ark for the saving of your house. There's no questions there. They're not, it's never rained before. What are you talking about, a flood? We don't even know what that means. And how, he didn't understand. He says he moved in faith in the direction God was speaking and he escaped. And then these other people are doing whatever they want. In verse 39, he says, until the day that Noah entered the ark. Uh, verse 39. And they did not know. This is sad. These people, even though they were being instructed by Noah, they never came to terms with understanding until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. In one, you see a clear mindset, no confusion. Everything is is dealt right, everything is moving right, there's peace, there's joy, there's salvation. I don't know about you, but I would want to have been in that ark. Some people just have like a, a niche for suffering and, and for devastation and torment and destruction. Well, God desires no one perish. In Luke 17, 27, um, there was the likes of them mocking. It says that they ate and they drank. They were into parties, taking it light. They, were, they had married wives. They were given into marriage, leaving their wives until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. They destroyed them all. Destroyed them all. We have in the book of Exodus the next man of God who moves in the direction of God with specific instruction, Moses, and the Lord speaks to him, Exodus 12, 
and verse 14, uh, he says, This shall mark the memories of your peoples forever. You shall keep this as a memorial. You shall keep it as a party throughout every generation. You shall keep it as a feast by ever, everlasting ordinance. I want you to practice the hearing of God's instruction, moving in the fear of the Lord, preparing a lamb. The whole chapter of Exodus 12, verse 1. He says, you shall prepare a lamb, you shall grab its blood, you shall put it on the doorpost, you shall... And the Lord spoke to Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, verse 2, this month shall be the beginning of months, it shall be the first month of the year to you. This is when it's going to start, it's going to start today. This is how it's going to be, it's going to be like this, this is how you're going to walk, this is what you're going to do. And God is faithful to instruct those whose heart allows them to be instructed. He's going to lead you. And, and let me ask you, a lot of people want to know, well, if I do, what's going to happen? And, and so here is the backside of obedience, the, the far side, the inside of listening to God. Does anybody think that God is going to tell you this when you're not even doing the first little thing he's asking you to do? He's telling you, walk, take a step in that direction. Well, as I don't want to because I've always been uh, my, uh, my own person. I've always thought, had my own thoughts. And so, you know, it's not going to happen like that. But, but here, God will take through, if you establish these, these things that have been set for memorial forever, for you to keep them as an ordinance. Um, and so you'll see throughout Scripture that these people who put and followed and, and put the, verse 13, he says, the blood shall be as a sign on the houses when you are there, when I see the blood, I will pass over and no plague shall destroy you when judgments are coming on the land. You'll be kept in a safe place when you walk in my instruction. You will be kept from the plagues that will strike the rest of the lands. When I see the blood, when I see that you've been obedient, why, why, why a lamb? I have a chicken. Why a lamb? I have a goat. And, and, and you guys, listen to me. We already have the curse that we're Cubans. That's our first curse. We don't have a generation of obedient parents. We, we, have, we come from rebellious seed, transgressors, proud seed. And God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So we, we have a double-edged sword here with respect to we need to put aside our stupidity in our pride. So Peter, again, 2 Peter chapter 3, he says, I'm writing you this letter to stir up your mind to remember. Again, you know, sad for some of us have nothing to remember. But those of us that do, beloved, I will now write you this second epistle in both which I stir up your minds by way of reminder. Hey, remember. Bring back to memory. Bring back to your mind. Bring back to the place where you understand his instruction. Remember how in times past, verse 2, that he used that you may know, be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, the commandments of us, the apostles, the Lord and Savior. Remember what was taught. Remember the message. Remember those that went, that God sent. What happens? Yes, because if you don't remember, verse 3, 
Knowing first, there's going to be mockers. Scoffers will come in the last days. And a scoffer and a mocker is the one that's walking in his own mindset. He's, he's taking measure. He's doing his own thing. He's not using the word of God. He's not following the instruction of holy men and women. He's not following the direction of God. So God will always point you back to times of origin. Um, Matthew 19, verse 3, the, the crafty lawyers, the guys that like to play with the law and the interpretation of the law, they came to Jesus and they're testing him. Yeah, but you know something? There's a new way to do this. There is a, there's a new and improved manner. God is not so radical like he was in yesterday's. He says, the Pharisees came testing him, saying, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? I want to suggest that they knew the answer. They knew the answer. There's people say, well, I, I want to do this, but what does your parents want? Why'd you go there? Well, I'm going to do this. Yeah, but what has pastor told you? See, because if you hang on to God's word and to principles of old, you won't be confused. These people were confused. They're testing him. Now they want to confuse him. Should a man divorce his wife, verse 4, and he answered and said, have you not read the prophetic word? Have you not read what he wrote down from the beginning when he made them male and female? Why are you asking me a question if you know what God has said in his word? Why are you mixing the pie? Why are you shuffling the dust? Why is everything confusing? Why don't you just go back to the beginning and find out what God's heart is? And, and so this message today is remember what God's heart is and move in that direction fast. Fast, because it's getting more deceptive, more confusing, more destructive. And so verse 5, he says like this. He says, remember what is written from the beginning. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. And so they have a concern. They have a concern because even though they have what God has said, along the lines they rebelled, they disobeyed, they walked away from God's instruction. So it got to the point where they go to Moses, verse 6, and he says, so then they are no longer one, but no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, God is joined together. Let no man separate. Verse 7, they say, why did Moses command each person to give a certificate of divorce to put her away? Why did the times come where the culture changed that there was another provision and so he says in verse 8, that was only because you did not want to listen. Because of the hardness of your heart, that, that, that there was permission for you to divorce your wives. But this was not God's heart from the beginning. So again, I want to purify our faith today. I want us to go back to the place of saying, let's be where God is at. Let's join our hearts to God and not have God have to force his heart to us because we're rebellious children. We have in our day more than ever, I'm going to say it right here, in our day more than ever, children that are parenting their parents. 
That's an abomination. Because parents have refused to discipline and to instruct and to correct their children, now their children are parenting their parents. We have five-year-old kids here at our church that are telling their parents, don't I tell you that if you believe everything is is possible for those who believe? A five-year-old boy telling his dad that and his his dad shaking his boots. You you think so, son? You think that... And and so that's the abomination of our generation. Children parenting their parents instead of parents training their children in the way of the Lord. So there he, he, as they contest him with cultural things, he says, go back to the beginning. Go back to where it first began and you shall have clarity. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, listen, you have Jesus Christ as a pattern to follow. I'm trying to imitate Christ. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. I'm going to the strict fullness of having the Lord's heart. In verse 2, and I appreciate and commend you. Um, He was praising them because they would always remember all things and keep the traditions just as they were delivered to you. The other day, David Purdy was back there and I said, I want to apologize to you because although I left some good instruction to young college students, they've decided not to listen to me. So you don't have a pattern. You're a high school student. I've delivered goods to those that went ahead of you, but they rebelled and were disobedient and didn't hold on to the traditions that they were instructed. So then he says, well, pastor, I'm going to a school that is teaching me these things. I said, well, thank God. There's always a remnant. Thank God that that even though there's a generation that's going ahead of you that decides not to leave a legacy, not to leave an example, not to walk in the fear of God and the instruction and admonition of the Lord, that somehow or another that this generation would not be lost. He says, I appreciate that you remember and all these things you have kept just as they were delivered to you. Verse 3. But I want you to know, and then he establishes the head. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every uh, woman is man. The head of Christ is God. He's establishing parameters of authority, of respect, of obedience. Some people have lost their way in that regard. They don't have these things in their lives anymore. I I want to uh, have you contemplate, consider the order of God. The order of God from the beginning. This stuff never changes. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 it says, If you're faithful with the little things, then you could be given the very big things. If you're faithful to keep the little commitments with the Lord, the little worship, there's not much. It's just little things that you could do with the fly of an ace. There's no problem. But, but you undergo the little things. Who is going to give you the greater things, the greater expressions of his grace and love and mercy? He who is faithful in what is small is also faithful in the great big things. But he who is unfaithful in that which is least is also going to lose on the big things. In the midst of our cultural generation, where everything is suspect and everybody's making a different decision in authority and submission and obedience. In Genesis 1.26, it was from the beginning that God had established, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, let him take over. Let him have rule. Let him have dominion. Let him be on top. Let him establish God's purpose. 
look, when you're not there, now you're subject to everything. And, and I want to tell you something. The demon that's trying to subject you now in an attitude of disobedience and rebellion will take you to a further demon to take your life in suicide, to take your life to hell for eternity. Don't play with rebellion. Don't play with disobedience. Don't negotiate those little compromises because one will lead to another that will lead to another that will lead to another. So God wants you to have dominion. Matthew 24, 42, it says, so you too must keep watch for you don't know when the Lord is coming. Be vigilant, be careful, be ready. Watch, therefore, for you do not know the hour that the Lord is coming. Verse 44, he says, So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you didn't expect him. Chapter 25, 13, it says, Therefore, keep watch. You do not know the day or the hour. Keep watch, be sober, be ready. These patterns are established for us to not lose our way in each step. Um, I want to tell you the, play, the way we're heading in 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 2. It says that in the last days there will be fearful times, fearless, fierce times. Chapter 2, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 1. Know this, that the last days will be perilous, stressful, peril-filled lives. Dangerous times will come. Why? Verse 2. Because men will be loving himself. They will be pursuing money. They will be boastful and proud and blasphemous, disobedient to parents. There's all these sorts of things that spike the wine, leave unthankful. Um, I, I have a running joke with one of my friends because every time he gets something, he wishes it was better. Oh, man, I got this car, but now I wish I had, I wish it was red. And... And so I start bothering him every time something happens. I says, yeah, I just got a new car, but I don't like the white pearl on my Lexus, right? We're always finding the edge of what we don't like. We're unthankful, unholy, disobedience. I told my, my niece, Corey, uh, I'm going to chop your arms off. I'm going to ask God to chop your arms off so you're thankful that you have two arms, that you're thankful you have two legs, not like our brother Nick in Australia, New Zealand, who has no arms, no legs, and he's thanking God for such a purposeful life. But in the last days, men will be angry and upset about everything. Last week, we had Calvin Duncan. His mom lived for three days. And some of us, you know, have moms that were there for us in, in our early years. And we could be thankful for that. And so in all this, the men of the last days will have a warped sense of reality, unforgiving, slanderous. They will speak wrong, verse 3, without love, unforgiving, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. They don't want to participate on what God says. Matthew 24, 12 says that many shall, uh, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness will abound. People will water down the instruction of the Lord. People will, will dilute, will not be on their edge. And so the love of many will grow cold. I'm reminded when Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love has to do with obedience. And he who has no ability to obey cannot love. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotional arousal. It's, it's, a, 
It's a step into obedience. If you love me, you will keep my commands. So I want to say that there's going to be a destructive force upon the earth in the coming days. Isaiah 24, verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord will make the land and the earth turned upside down, twisted, scattered, distorted surface. We're going to see things, listen to me, as a lawyer, uh, parents go before a judge, and it used to be the argument, this is used to be the argument, uh, judge, my husband, he left me for another man. So he has a twisted morality, and I have a two-year-old son that I don't want in that atmosphere. And there used to be a time where a judge would protect the child. We're living in days now where the judge will respond to you, I live with my partner also. And I don't find any basis for you not to give that child to his father, to be wherever his father wants to take him. And so those are the times we're living in. And this is what the Bible is talking about, that the earth will be emptied and waste and distorted and scattered abroad in its inhabitants. Verse 2. It shall be as with the people, so with the priests. There's no difference nowadays between a pastor and the people that come to church. There's pastors doing worse things than what the people are doing outside of the church. There will be no difference between an uh, employer or a, an employee or an employer. It used to be that if you were an employer, it's because you were a decent human being. No longer. The people of Enron have shown that, that they took the, the retirement and the savings and the hard work of their employees. And there was no dignity in those that were the bosses and those that were the employers. The maid and so her mistress, the house she takes care of. I just had a phone call last week where a woman tells me my maid just stole $10,000 worth of our personal items. And so you can't even have a trusting maid come and help you with the house. With the buyer, so with the seller. It used to be that the seller was honest and the buyer was not. Uh, the lender and the borrower, the banker and the people that would come, the creditor and the debtor. Listen to me. These things have become all twisted in our lifetime, in our generation. Verse 3. The land shall be entirely emptied out, utterly plundered, everybody being stripped, for the Lord has spoken this word. Verse 4, the earth mourns and fades away, the world languishes and fades away, the proud people of the earth, not the, not the humble people, not the meek people, not, listen to me, praise the Lord who lives forevermore, that there is a shield about those who fear the Lord. Those who honor God. Those who are not going to be playing outside the boundaries of God's goodness. The, the proud people of the earth languish. Verse 5. The earth is defiled under its inhabitants. Why? Why are all these things happening? I'm going to tell you right now. Ready? They transgressed the laws. They changed the order. And they broke the covenants. You write those three things down. Isaiah 24, 5. Three reasons why this earth is upside down. When God has put a boundary, we have stepped over it. When God has says there's a law there, we'll change the law. Same-sex marriage. We'll change the law. There is no wrong, uh, wrongful age. Right now, they're lowering the age of consent for sexual consent to 12. It means when you're 12 years old, you can have sex with that young man 
And when you go to court and they're, 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 they're going to they're gonna charge you with rape of a minor, if the consent age is 12, you can say he agreed. And so we have that case here in Florida in Sebastian when an 18-year-old girl um, starts uh, 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 flirting and influencing a 14-year-old girl. And so they, they charged her, they arrested her and charged her. And her parents, instead of her parents being sad, they said, you know something? A hundred days ago, it wouldn't have made a difference because she would have been 17 and this girl would have been 14 and they could have done whatever they want. But because she's 18, you guys are going to arrest her and charge her with an adult abusing a child. So we're living in some very tempest times. And, and I just pray that there would be a people that would memory, that whose memory would be based on God's goodness. And so because they have transgressed the law, because they have changed the ordinance, they've changed the order, because they've broken everlasting covenants, they don't even respect their parents no more, the way some people speak to their parents, the way some parents wrathfully uh, provoke their children, they're not listening to God. Broken the everlasting covenants. Divorce is a joke for many people today. They just enter into divorce with no no standing before God in fear. In verse 6, he says, Therefore, because of this, because of this, a curse has devoured the earth, and those who dwell in it are desolate. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and you see burn is talking about wasted away in their emotional sentiment. They're seared in their conscience. I don't care. And who cares? And so what? And, and that's burned. A few men are left. Just a few people. I want to suggest that those few people are those who fear God. Those who love the ordinance of the Lord. Those who, who desire his instruction in the innermost truth. You're not doing it because somebody's telling you. You're doing it because inside there's a fire burning in you to live as God created us and our children after us. Uh, it was truly powerful to see the graduating class over at our kids' school. Uh, my niece, be valedictorian, Mauricio Chiriboga, was salutatorian. Uh, my son participated in the National Honor Society. Listen to me. They have every reason in the world. Listen to me. Every reason in the world to not have excelled, to not have joy and peace in the midst of their tribulation. But because they're holding fast to the ways of the Lord, because they, they're honoring their parents, because they, they want to leave a legacy to their, uh, to their children, they could, they could say they, they have provision. I know they have provision. They could teach your children what they're living, what they're living. 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter 2, verse 5, he says, Do you not recall, do you not memory, do you not, uh, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things. Paul is saying, I'm passing these things down to you. Are you holding on to them? Are you grasping them? Are you embracing them? Do you know them? It's, I used to say it's like a life vest. You grab onto this stuff, you float to the top. You're not overwhelmed by anxiety and panic attacks and all the craziness in the world. I told you these things, verse 6, and now you know what is holding back further darkness upon the earth that he may be revealed in his own time. Verse 8, the lawless one. 
will be revealed. There's a worse time coming on the earth whom the Lord will consume with his breath and his mouth and will destroy the brightness of his coming. Verse 9, the coming of the lawlessness will come with every, it says, this wickedness that will come upon the earth, the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Verse 10, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not, they did not love truth. They did not receive the instruction so they might be saved. And verse 11 says, so God gave them up to their deception. God sent upon them strong delusion so that they, would, they should believe a lie. Verse 12, in order that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. If, if you're a person that is hanging on to unrighteousness, my friend, uh, get ready for the landslide into hell over that crest of the waterfall for all those who have embraced the spirit of disobedience, the spirit of indifference, the spirit of saying, well, I really don't believe God would judge anybody like that. I really don't believe that God meant what he said. In other words, God is a liar. Revelations 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 2, it says, watch and... uh, be strengthened the things which remain that are ready to die. Those things in your life that, for I've not found your works perfect before God. Can, can we perfect our walk in the Lord these days? Rouse yourselves and keep awake. Be watchful. Stir yourself up. Listen to what God has said to you this morning. Don't let this be a message that, that you think the pastor is a little bit concerned This message today was for the salvation of many that are here this morning. For you to run to your Savior. Run to his ways. Run to find yourself right before him, even though you're wrong before all others. Verse 3, so call to memory. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and turn. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what your hour, and I will come upon you. And verse 10, he says, because you have guarded, because you have remembered, because you have persevered, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. Let's stand this morning. And as I'm going to be away for the next couple of days, I wanted to leave a word of of you looking into the future saying, you know something? I'm going to get more serious with God. I'm I'm going to come and tweak my relationship with him far greater than I have in the past days. I'm going to realize that the enemy is operating on another front, which is to whitewash. Things are not so bad. I'm doing kind of decent. I used to smoke 10 joints a week. Now I just smoke one joint. I'm doing pretty cool. Listen, run, my friend. Run and give no place to Satan in your life. Don't give any opportunity for the devil to bring destruction and judgment and disaster upon your life and I'm going to pray now that God would bring back to memory those things that we've already been told and taught and maybe we just had a light grasp on them that you might press into the things you know at a greater measure that you might remember it was in the times of Noah it was the issues of the ark in the times of Moses it was the issues of the Passover lamb I'm sure some people says, well, I'll do it tomorrow. It was too late. Well, I'll do it with uh, 
some other chicken blood that I have here. It's too late. Follow the instruction of the Lord and follow it wholly and go back to the beginnings and know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for your peace in our hearts as we press in to know you more. Father, that there would be a revived commitment in our hearts to read your word, to memorize and to know the things that are written therein. For you say that those who read and meditate and remember the word, they shall be life to them. They shall be healing from the corruption that's in this world. People that have become indifferent, they have become weary, they have lost love, the capacity to love you, and to honor you, and to keep your commandments, and to abide in the instruction you've given us ever since we were small children. You have told us to honor our mom and father so that everything will go well with us, so that we would live a long life upon the earth. We pray, O oh God, that you return our affections to you before they become vile affections. They violate your ways. They go contrary to your order. They're unnatural, seeking to rebel and disobey our God and creator who created us to be so that we might glorify him in all things. The beauty of the Lord in all of his creation. We pray, O oh God, that our hearts would be turned towards you. That our hearts would be turned towards the house of God. Towards the instruction of even midweek Bible study. When we have an opportunity to stop watching television. To stop goofing off and come to the house of the Lord. To consider what you would have us consider. And I pray, O oh God, that your peace would be in our hearts. And that you would transform us from glory to glory. That we not fall short being lost and confused in an upside down world. May we not change your laws, transform your ordinances, or break the covenants that you have established from old. Fill us with your spirit. Renew our thoughts. Give us a repented heart to live differently, to walk differently, to inherit glory and grace through your mercy in Jesus name we pray and the house of God says amen and amen and amen greet one another in the love of the Lord hallelujah